podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the Snooker Scene Podcast. I'm Dave Hendon. This is now the fourth series of the podcast and we're back after our summer break. In the past, I've interviewed such luminaries as Mark Williams, Mark Selby, Neil Robertson, Sean Murphy, Stephen Hendry, uh, Marco Fu, Karen Wilson, Ken Doherty, Anthony Hamilton, Ricky Walden, Graham Dot, Michael Holt, Mark King, uh, Dominic Dale, several other players as well as officials, commentators and various other people from the snooker world. My plan is to continue to do much the same, a mix of interviews and discussions on specific themes. And if you have any suggestions for content, you can always tweet me at Dave Hendon. That's on Twitter at Dave Hendon. should say there's no budget for any of this. We're not sponsored, so it's just me and my phone. The sound quality, I know, isn't always BBC standard, but we're not the BBC. Uh, it's a free podcast, and I hope you continue to enjoy it. Remember, you can subscribe to Snooker Scene's monthly print edition at our website, which is snookerscene.co.uk. That's snookerscene.co.uk. You can also listen to any of the previous 71 episodes of this podcast and subscribe to the new episodes by checking us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any of the other outlets where the podcast can be found. And it appears there are many of them. Okay, in this new edition, I spoke to Snooker Scene's editor, Clive Everton, about what's been happening in the snooker world since the World Championship last May. Well, Clive, it was quite a long layoff in the summer before the players got playing again, and that's a, that's a good thing, isn't it? Because it's a very busy season, and the World Championship is such a, a great event. I think people just want to put their cues down. I'm sure. I'm sure that's right. You've got to recharge the batteries. Mm. Okay. Well, Neil Robertson did that, and uh, went and won the first ranking event of the season, the Riga Masters. He's won a tournament now every year since he won his first, 2006, which is pretty good going, isn't it? Yeah, and, and he's particularly dangerous in the early tournaments of the season, it seems to me. And uh, uh, he, he won he won by a distance, as you might say, in the uh, in the Riga Masters final. Mm. I mean, it's not his fault because he doesn't do the scheduling, but it was an advantage, I guess. Well, it must have been to play every match on the main table. Jack Lazowski never been in a final, and his first match was the final. So I mean, he was at a disadvantage. Yes, I think that I think that could have been avoided. I think the the semi-finals could have been switched, and the, the Lisowski semi-final could have been put on the TV table. Mm. We had a letter in the the new issue of Snooker Scene um, responding to something I'd written. I, I described Neil Robertson as an all-time great, and the gentleman who wrote in disputed it. He said, "Well, what he is is very good, and at times exceptional." I suppose it it, it calls to what your definition of a great is. But put it this way: there's nothing Robertson hasn't hasn't won in the game. That is true. Uh, on the other hand, I can I can see, I can see his point. Uh, it's one world title against uh, seven for Hendry, uh, five for O'Sullivan, six for Davis. You, you can you can see both points of view, but but Robertson has won the full spectrum of tournaments. One of only seven men to have won the big three tournaments and been world number one. So it's it's quite a pantheon. But of course, everyone is entitled to their opinion. Um, now, Mark Williams, I mean, what a year he's had, you know, obviously started last season winning a couple of tournaments, but then to win the World Championship, and you can just see it in him, and we saw it at the World Open, just the confidence that, that he has at the moment, and, and almost, it's not, not that he doesn't care whether he wins or loses, but you can see he's been given a sort of a second wind in a way. I think his confidence uh, stems from his technique, he, he, he discovered why he wasn't performing, uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan 
put it put it nicely. He said he, he's more over the ball now mm. uh, at his address. Uh, so I think technique is it is at the root is at the root of all success. But you you do need temperament, and he's always had that. Mm. But were you surprised that he, he actually won at the Crucible? Because I mean, it's one thing to win, you know, some of the smaller events, but uh, to survive the course there, you know, with, with the stamina stamina that you need, and at his age and in fact, it's been 15 years since he won it before. Did it surprise you? Yeah, it, it, it did really. I, I knew he was playing well. I, I thought he'd have a good run, but it's the old uh, it's the old story. It's on the it's on the day that counts, mm. or uh, as far as the crucible is concerned, on the 17 days that count. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he's, I don't think he stopped drinking since actually. But anyway, um, <laughs> the World Open, of course, the other side of the coin was you, there. You've got Mark. He's a multi-winner, you know, and won all these tournaments. Dave Gilbert trying to win his first. Played superbly in the, in the final session to go nine five up, but then it's getting that last frame when it means so much, isn't it? Well, it's winning your first ranking title. Uh, it's a bigger jump from naught to one mm. than it is from one to two, two to three, uh, and of course the the, the all time greats. They're, they're in so many big finals that they they take it in their stride. Mm. I mean, you you term, term this phrase clincher's disease. He wasn't. It wasn't that he was making lots of mistakes because Mark Williams played really well at the end. But there were a couple of shots you feel he would have got earlier in the match. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. I, although I have to say, he then straight after that went to the qualifying for the three tournaments, won all three matches, which I think shows good character. He's just kind of got on with it. Because that's the thing now. There's always another tournament. That's right. And also, a living has got to be made. You can't. <laughs> Glory is very nice, but. You know, the, the the full run of tournaments is where you make a, a living, and hopefully enough to retire on, or until the game retires you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, one man is not going to retire for a, a while. Is Karen Wilson? Um, he won two tournaments back to back, which often seems to happen that players have purple patches. But he, his came in the Paul Hunter Classic, which is actually it's a difficult tournament to win. I know the field was depleted of top players, but the matches are so short. Even the finals short. You know, on any day you can you can get beaten, can't you? Yeah, you, you, you've got to start well, uh, and it's 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 a sprinter's tournament, and, mm. and some players can adapt to that better than others. Mm. And the six reds as well. I mean, that's it's a very different form of snooker. Maybe a little bit more of a lottery, but I suppose he just proved the sort of again the confidence of winning one title because he'd been knocking on the door last year. He lost in three finals last year, including the Masters semi-finals of the World Championship but there's something about Karim you know he's very dedicated isn't he you can see that I think he genuinely believes in them, in himself most players will say they do but <laughs> I think that Wilson really does mm. I mean there's been so many people tipped to be world champion you'd have to play it every week if, they, if they're all to win it but he does seem to have what it takes there you know he's got to the semis this year he's got time on his side hasn't he because he's younger than the Ronnies and the John Higgins and so on and even the Selbys um, do you see him as a potential world champion? I think it's more important that he sees himself as a potential mm. world champion. He, he, he's, he's got the game. Uh, he's still relatively young. 28, is he? Yeah, 26, I think. Yeah. 20, yeah. 26, mm. yeah. Uh, so he's one of the younger of the, uh, of, the, of, the, of the top 16. So I can see him winning it. because he's got the, I think he's got the self-belief to win it mm. sometime. But, but you only get so many crucibles in one lifetime. That is correct. What he has got as well is Barry Stark in his corner, who um, was a player himself. He's a coach. You know, he's not just 
some players bring their mates or people just to spend time with. He actually is contributing something quite significant, isn't he? Yeah, very good, very good bloke, Barry. Uh, good, good coach. He, he, he's he's got a uh, a series on his uh, YouTube, yeah, on, on his YouTube uh, account, which is which is worth a look. Mm. A lot of short, sharp hints, mm. uh, and uh, I think I think Wilson's pretty level-headed anyway, but. Uh, it's still a big help to have Barry Stark there. Mm. Well, he didn't win in Karen uh, didn't win in Shanghai. He lost in the semis there to Ronnie O'Sullivan, who, who of course, hadn't played competitively since Ali Carter beat him um, at the Crucible. So we're going back to April, but turned up and won. And I think what was significant about that was it wasn't maybe one of the ranking tournaments where the draw opens up and you're playing low rankers. They're all top players, all top sixteen. So for Ronnie just to sort of waltz in and win it, it's pretty remarkable, really. It shows how good he is. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think it's an interesting season coming up for O'Sullivan. I, I think he, he's sensible to pick and choose his tournaments because uh, what you really don't want to do is arrive at the Crucible where you, you're jaded out, you're snookered out. Mm. Uh, you need to be, you need to have some semblance of freshness. Mm. He, and it's in a way, it's an ideal event for him because again, it's he, he likes those elite events. He does well in the ITV tournaments, doesn't he? Where it's got kind of one table and it's a restricted field, no numpties to use one of his phrases. Um, but I guess well, he's not a ranked event, at Shanghai. So he's actually to get into those events now. He's got to start doing one in the ranked tournaments. Yeah, well. I think he will, mm. uh, and of course, uh, starting with the English, English Open, which he's defending. Mm. I mean, if he plays in that like he played in it last year, then he'll take some take some stopping. Mm. But uh, I, I think he's got to be selective uh, about his tournaments. Mm. He, he, need, he needs to come to each event fresh and, and wanting to play, not seeing it as a uh, as a chore almost, a, a, a commitment he could do without. Sure. Of course, as I say, it was a it was an invitation event this year, and there was some I saw some discussion amongst some of the players who weren't in it, saying it should have been a ranking event. Um, I think one of the reasons it was an invitation event was because Shanghai don't want the flat draw; they don't want people losing in Preston and Barnsley who they want in the tournament. Um, but there's this kind of, I guess, uh, competition between a ranking event, which is for everyone on the tour, and an invitation event, which is for the elite. I guess. You need enough ranking events for everyone, but you also need a sprinkling of those other tournaments that do actually showcase the best players. Yes, uh, and in this case, I think it came down to Shang the, the Shanghai mm. promoters' preference for for an invitation event. Mm. The last thing they want to do is is have their the best Chinese players lose on the other side of the world in Preston or Barnsley. Mm. Mm. There might be an argument that everything should carry ranking points, but then that really does stack stack it in favour of the top players, isn't it? Well, it, it also stacks it in favour of the Chinese, if you, if you, if you, if you look at it. Mm, OK. Well, one man who, who wasn't in that tournament, but he, he's done well so far. We mentioned him earlier, Jack Wazowski. There's actually an interview with him in the US snooker scene. And um, so we've had five ranking events. He's been in four quarterfinals and he's been in a final. Um, he seems to have made a bit of a breakthrough. He's not quite yet got his hands on a title, but you sense it might be coming. Yes, he's 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 knocking on the door. Uh, I, I think the the most the most significant improvement may be not so much in his potting and break building, which has always been very high class, but in shot selection in tricky moments, mm. playing the playing the right shot when it's when it's not obvious when you're under pressure, mm. and and only experience can give you that sort of ability. Mm. 
is there something he needs to do to make that next step? I mean, is there something that isn't there that could be there that means he'll become a winner, do you think? Is it belief, maybe? Belief stems from from winning and and well founded well founded confidence. He's got plenty of confidence in his technique, mm. but I, I think I think really the only way he, he's going to improve and start start winning events or nearly winning them, as opposed to losing relative, relatively early or at the quarterfinals, say, uh, he, he he needs. Basically, it comes down to it comes down to experience, having the right shot for mm. the right moment, which may not same position may not be the right shot for every moment. Mm. I think it was encouraging that because he got lost thirteen one to John Higgins at the Crucible, and, and that could have been a whitewash. I mean, it was ten nil at one point, but he just seems to have sort of okay. That was a terrible day at the office. He hasn't dwelt on that clearly because he's made such a good start to the season. I hope he gets in the top sixteen because it'd be great to see him, for example, at the Masters. Um, now then, the China Championship ended in a pretty bruising final between two two bruisers, Mark Selby and John Higgins. Um, terrific match play on, on, on display there. I mean, two players who kind of, a bit like Steve Davis in his pomp, you've just got everything really. Two ultimate percentage players. Mm. You, 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 you look at a match like that and you think, how many, how many wrong shots were chosen? Mm. Answer, probably none, or maybe mm. one. Mm. Yeah. But also, two players who... And certainly this was the case of Higgins, because Higgins didn't play at all well until the final. They can win matches not playing well. Some players have nothing to fall back on, or very little, but they can just sort of battle through, can't they? They're very stubborn about losing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got the feeling that if, if that match was still going now, it would probably be 300 each. I mean, there was very little that was going to separate them. But Selby, again, you know, there was sort of talk about, you know, he hadn't had that good a season in terms of the top events last season, and his run as number one, because the points are coming off, might come to an end. But then he goes and wins... Another big title. He just keeps doing it, doesn't he? He he's got the the mental qualities to keep doing it. Mm, yeah. Jimmy Robertson, uh, of course, is the latest winner. Just recently um, won the European Masters, and he really did kind of not come out of nowhere. We obviously knew Jimmy and, and had seen him, but he'd never really threatened to win a tournament. He'd been in one quarter final, you know, prior to this. Well, he never won a match on television until he beat. Anthony Hamilton, who was the defending champion at the time in, in last season's German Masters, mm. qualified with the Crucible four times, never did himself justice on any of those occasions, uh, and I, I, I thought that that sort of state of mind, because that's that's what it is uh, to to a great extent. I thought I thought that might persist, but uh, he, he he he's got a, a new. Well, I suppose mind coach, hmm. we, 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 can, we, we can call him, and uh, that seems to have helped him harness his, his ability in, in, uh, in Lommel. Hmm. And it's important that he recognised he needed to do something. He wasn't content to just maybe get in the top 32 and you know scrape by with a few results. He actually wanted to, to make that next step, which is important. Yes, you, you, you've got to have a, a, a clear sense of who you are and who you want to be. Mm. The way he finished off, I mean, because Joe Perry, I mean, he didn't put a ball for three frames in, in the last session. Joe Perry started to finally play well, but then in, in the frame, it wasn't a case of clincher's disease. It was the opposite. He made a century in the last frame. 
Yes, uh, I, I think that that shows the, the the difference in the Jimmy Robertson of today and the Jimmy Robertson of, of a couple of years ago. I, I think, you know, when the when the pressure really came on in a, in a main arena, he, he tended to fade, but he he, he didn't fade. Mm. He, he, grew, he grew stronger in the crunch. And I guess there'll be other players of around his level in the rankings be looking at that, thinking, well, why shouldn't that be me next time? Well, why, why not indeed? You, you've got to keep working. Yeah, indeed. We know that. Um, so, But there's some cer certain top players have not really got going yet. And I know it is a long season, but um, there been seem to mean to have been a lot of shock results, or certainly top players losing early. I mean, we look at the tournament in Lommel. You know, the semi-final line-up there, I think the highest-ranked player was 25th in the world, Joe Perry. Um, is there a reason for that, other than the fact that they just haven't got going yet? You know, the Trumps and the Dings and, and these people. Even Neil Robertson, since he won in Riga, hasn't really done anything. No. Well, the, most of these tournaments are best of sevens. Mm. And, and I think there's always more scope. The shorter the match, the more scope there is for su surprise, surprise results. Uh, I, don't think there's a, I don't think there's any other reason. It, it, maybe they haven't really reached a... a a peak yet, not having practiced perhaps as much as they should have done throughout the summer. But on the other hand, if you do practice throughout the summer, there's no guarantee you're going no. to produce it all in the first two or three tournaments. Yeah. It might have, it might have a it might have a delayed effect though. Mm. And in terms of the season to come, because we're still relatively early, is it, it, it? I suspect I don't know what you think. It's going to be kind of the same pattern that we've seen in recent years. No one player necessarily dominating, but. The usual sort of faces winning tournaments, you would think. Well, well, mostly. Uh, although we've seen Jimmy Robertson mm. win, uh, who, kno who knows? There could be an another surprise winner spring out of the the chorus line, the supporting cast. Mm. Yeah, a lot is made of obviously the Chinese because lot, most of their pros are young. But apart from obviously Liang Wenbo won a tournament a couple of years ago but he'd been around a while it, it, we're looking for one of those new the new ding in a way aren't we the new young player to win one there's been a few challenging well Liu uh, Hao Chan and um, Zhou Tong mm. were both semi-finalists in, in, in the Shanghai Masters in fact the way the the, fir the first part of the week shaped. I thought we were going to have a major breakthrough from a young mm. Chinese. We didn't. We didn't get it in the end, but I'm sure we will somewhere along the line because they're very competitive with each other and they're, they're driving the standard up mm. through competition. We're sat here in, in Snooker Scene's palatial offices, uh, Clive, <laughs> where you've been editing the magazine since 1971. Um, in terms of the state of the game in 2018, I mean, how healthy would you say it is? It's in great shape. The only thing wrong with it is that it doesn't get any. It doesn't get due weight of national press coverage. I mean, that's not that's not our fault. That's not Snooker's fault. That's the fault of the newspapers. Mm. Apart from Mark Williams, who's on the front page of the Daily Star today <laughs> for, for other reasons. Okay, well, it's, look, it's going to be a long season. We'll be following it in Snooker scene, but uh, that is it for now. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.